0: Mystery Theatre presents. Welcome. Come in. I'm Tammy Grimes. To believe strongly in something that does not make it right. To risk everything to establish your opinion is foolhardy. To murder because you think it is the only solution is the greatest sin of all. One man caught in such a conspiracy was John H. Serrat. The murder was that of Abraham Lincoln. In our dramatization, whenever possible, real names will be used and facts, wherever they be substantiated, will be related. Are you the John
1: Surratt, they say, killed the Secretary of State the night Booth killed Lincoln? If the Secretary is dead, it was not at my hand. You were not part of the Booth conspiracy? It was to kidnap Lincoln, not to kill him, that I conspired with John Wilkes Booth. Oh, Mrs. Mary Surratt, who has been arrested as a conspirator, is she a relative? My own mother haven't helped me. I shouldn't be here. I should be at a sign right now.
0: Our drama, The Innocent Murder, was written especially for the Mystery Theater by James Agate Jr. and stars Tony Roberts. I I shall be back shortly with Act One. of Abraham Lincoln plunged the nation into mourning on a scale never before known. From Washington to Springfield, the slow drumbeat of the cortege, bearing his body, traveled 1,700 miles. Millions walked with it, millions watched, millions cried. His assassin was shot and killed. Eight conspirators were accused, four executed, four sentenced to life, three pardoned, One escaped. His name, John Harrison Surratt. The day after Lincoln's murder, the whole country was looking for Surratt, who was hiding on a train bound for Canada.
1: You can't stand here, mister. We don't let anyone stand between passenger and baggage cars. It's dangerous. May I have your ticket, please? I don't have one. You don't have a ticket, sir? The Vermont Central ticket office was closed. I couldn't get one. Was that in Burlington? I believe so. I don't understand. Don't you know where you took the train? I, I'm a Canadian. A friend of mine and I were in New York where we had work. Well, we can't stand out here talking. Follow me inside. I uh, I appreciate your interest, uh, conductor. I'm listening. Uh, well, then my friend and I uh, we went to Boston, and uh, from there we uh, got to Burlington. And uh, when I woke up yesterday morning, he he was gone and uh, taken all my money. So you have no money? Ah, ah, can't let you ride without a ticket. I'll put you off the next stop. You know this part of the country? No, I don't. Follow the road north from St Albans till you hit Franklin. Is that uh, far from the border? Four miles. Uh, What kind of work did you do in New York and Boston? Day laborer. uh, You know, digging, uh, hauling, uh, anything. Carrying bricks, mostly pick-and-shovel work. Uh, How long have you been in that line? Working? You mean as a day laborer? Well, uh, for many years. Have you I really don't see the point of your questions. You are riding on a train without a penny in your pocket. In other words, you are in the act of stealing your fare from the Vermont Central. From the way you are dressed, I suspect you do have money, but you enjoy cheating the railroad. Uh, that's not so. Uh, I I apologize for contradicting you so firmly, but I have done hard manual work. Uh, away you bound for? Montreal. It's uh, unfortunate that I'm without funds. Uh, uh, You dropped your handkerchief. Oh, so I did. Uh, Thank you, sir. I never met a workman who carried an initial handkerchief. Well, that's none of my business. What did you say your name was? Uh, I didn't say. Uh been dropping handkerchiefs from Elmira, New York to the passenger depot in Burlington. Was it carelessness? When I was put on trial two years later, the government said I dropped the handkerchiefs on purpose to establish an alibi, that that I wasn't in Washington. What made me run and hide after Booth shot Lincoln? Surely my place was beside my mother who'd been arrested and was hanged without my ever seeing her again next morning, I was miles away from Washington in a small restaurant. What'll you have for breakfast? Coffee, uh, and maybe an egg. Uh, how much is an egg? Boiled egg, five cents. We're more expensive than the other places in town, but our eggs are fresher. I'll have one, thank you. You're not from around here. Where are you from? Montreal. I- I'm uh, Canadian... I've been to New York. You come by train? No, I walk from St. Albans. Well, they're always putting people off the train there. I guess that's why you ask the price of an egg. May I have it soon? And uh, medium, please. (coughs) Have you seen the newspapers? No, thanks. Never anything interesting in there for me to read. you'll find something interesting in it. This special edition just came out. You must have been out of touch on the road to miss this. President Lincoln was shot yesterday. Shot? Shot at? Was he badly wounded? Killed. That is, almost. The doctors say he'll be dead by morning. Shot in the head. Watching a play at the theater. Do they know who did it? Name's in the paper right there. An actor fella. He's got two brothers, and they're actors too. Name's Booth. John Wilkes. No. Oh. Hey, young man. What is it? He's fainted. Uh, bring me a glass of water, someone. John Wilkes. John Wilkes. You said we would kidnap Lincoln. Lincoln. Kidnap, not kill. Lord, in heaven, what have I done? Not you, but I have done it. No other way. Richmond has fallen. Jefferson Davis is running away. General Lee's army routed. His officers brought into Washington in disgrace. There is no south now. I no longer have a country... Young man. Yeah, yeah, young fella, wake up here. Uh, are you all right? I must have fallen down. I'm uh, sorry. Uh, let me help you up. Ah, uh, it's quite a scare you gave us. Oh, uh, I'm per- perfectly fine, thank you. It's an old weakness. Uh, sometimes it overcomes me. Uh, you just go over there and sit down and read the paper. There's quite a list of what they call... Conspirators, starting with the actor, and there was a lady in it too. Owned a boarding house. Uh, Mary, uh, Mrs. Mary Surratt. Oh, Lord, oh Lord. And it wasn't only Lincoln who they murdered yesterday, but Seward, Secretary of State. Someone stabbed him. And he's going to die too, Mr. Seward. Yeah. They've got that assassin's name down here, too. Who attacked Seward? I was reading it just this morning, but uh, never can remember a name. Oh, yeah, here it is. Mr. William H. Seward, Secretary of State, was attacked last night while in bed. The assassin inflicted three knife wounds upon the secretary. There's reason to believe the assailant was John H. Surratt. Yes, rat. Right. That's the matter. You read the rest of it. I'll have your coffee and your egg ready in a jiffy. The day of the double assassination was the 14th of April. I'd be able to swear to everyone I was in Elmira, New York, that day. I never had that breakfast. I got out of there fast. I crossed over into Canada and Father Boucher... An old friend who lived 40 miles outside of Montreal. Uh, I'd be safe there for a while. (laughs) Nice shot, John. That's the second one you brought down to death. Father, if anyone had told me a year ago I'd be your guest for three months, hiding out from the law, I would have laughed. Can't you
0: still laugh?
1: Yes, you've made it possible. And weekends after mass, even though I have to sneak out of my room so no one sees me, I enjoy our little hunting. I'm uh, I'm afraid all good things come to an end sooner or later. Some sooner than we wish. Living in the parish house is no longer safe. It's Emma, isn't it? Uh, she is the most prying and peeping servant girl in the world. Nosing. Her nose is a foot long. I am afraid her tongue isn't much shorter. She's been gossiping that I'm hiding a woman in the parish house. I think you should move on, John. Yes, I've been thinking that too, Father. I'm going to take you to a good friend of mine who lives right in Montreal. We've talked about you, and he feels the safest place for you to wait this thing out is Rome. Rome? I'm to go to Rome? Yes, by steamer. I suggest you will need a new name. Hmm. I'll call myself McCarty. Mr. McCarty, I wish you a bon voyage, and please write to me when you arrive. Who is it? Mr. McCarty. Who are you? I'm Dr. McMillan. I'm a friend of Father Boucher. I was told to look you up on the steamer before
0: we sailed.
1: Just a moment. Oh, how do you do? I'm Dr. Macmillan. I happened to run into Father Boucher this afternoon in the dock, and he mentioned a friend of his was sailing on the Peruvian to Rome. I said so was I, as far as Liverpool, and would I look you up? Uh, Mr. McCarty, uh, that, that's you, isn't it? Yes, uh, that's my name. Uh, very good of you. Well, it's a long trip overseas, and he thought, well, company, you know? Hmm. When do we sail? Midnight, I expect. That's generally high tide when these steamships leave Quebec Harbor. You're not a good sailor? Not really. I've uh, crossed the Atlantic several times going to London, but my insides never really get used to it. If you want a doctor's advice, don't sit down here in your cabin. We have not even left the dock. If you anticipate feeling a bit under the weather, go out on deck. The salt air does wonders, Mr. McCarty. Take my word for it. Yes, I'm sure it does, but for the present, I'll remain in the cabin until we sail. Well, I'm going for a turn around the deck. If you change your mind, I'll be happy to walk with you. I kept the alias, Mr. McCarty, for the voyage. It was a safety precaution. In case I was being followed... Changing names and appearances were going to be part of my life from now on. Once or twice during the trip, I caught the doctor looking at my dyed brown hair, which I'd trimmed short. I knew he was wondering who I really was. We must be nearing land. Really? I can't see it. I guess you never do go on deck on your trips to London. Seagulls, proof positive when they follow the ship that land isn't far away. Mr. McCarthy, do you always wear those dark green spectacles? No, not always, but since my accident, I'm careful. Bright light hurts them. Oh, you had an accident. Oh, I'll tell you about it sometime. Although I'm not an oculist, I'll be glad to have a look at your eyes. Well, thank you. Uh, Doctor, do you mind if we move from here to the wheelhouse? It's quite shady there. Your eyes, yes, I understand. No, it's not that. Please, uh, I'll explain. Have you noticed the tall man with the rather heavy black mustache during this trip? Yes, I have. Oh, you have, too. Uh, Any idea who he is? Do you know him? Isn't that strange? I wondered if you knew him. Because he keeps watching me, right? Yes. You don't know him? I think uh, he's an American. He's a detective. And he's following me. But what have you done that there should be an American detective following you across the ocean? Well, if I answered that question with the honesty that it deserves, Dr. McMillan, I'm afraid your eyes would pop out of your head.
0: A ticklish situation. A doctor makes the acquaintance of a man on shipboard who is somewhat disguised, and who remarks he's being pursued. Of course, the manhunt that now occupies the eyes, ears, and tongues of everyone is the assassination of the President of the United States and the Secretary of State. How long before the doctor puts two into... Let us see. When I return shortly with Act Two. is dramatizing the story of the escaping, accused conspirator in the murder of Abraham Lincoln. A tragedy from which the country suffered for decades. Our man is John Harrison Surratt. He is on the steamer Peruvian, bound for Rome. Aboard ship, he is known as Mr. McCarter. His recent acquaintance, Dr. McMillan, may, however, soon learn the truth.
1: Doctor... Please, uh, forget I mentioned the tall man. It just seemed to me he was spending most of his time watching us. At least, uh, watching me. Mr. McCarthy, if he is a detective, why in the world is he after you? What have you done to merit such attention? I know I haven't been entirely honest with you, but I do think you'd be better off not knowing too much about me. Oh, I can't believe you've deliberately done a wrong thing. At any rate... If the man is an American, you are sailing on a British ship in British waters, so he can do nothing. I didn't realize that. So, I'm uh, quite safe. Yes, we're within an hour of Liverpool. Your detective friend should have tried to arrest you before we left Quebec. Well, it doesn't matter to me whether he's a detective or not. If, If he does try to arrest me, I'll take care of him with this. A gun? You carry a gun on your person... I am never without this four-barreled revolver. Never. Uh, McCarty, uh, suppose you put it aside and concentrate on joining me for a farewell drink at the bar. Bartender, do my friend and I have enough time for another round? Take some time before the gangplank is ready to take on passengers, you might say. Uh, Two whiskeys, sir. Doctor, I, I don't know whether we shall ever meet again, but it's been a pleasure to talk with you during the trip. May I reply honestly to that? Please do. I think I would have felt a little more at ease if I didn't suspect you were hiding a great deal from me. Hey, you aren't? Two whiskeys. I'd like to pay for these two. No, no. All well, this round was on me. Oh, here you are, Bartender. I uh I haven't been at all candid, doctor. You see, during the Civil War, I did a lot of traveling for the Confederacy. I've been abroad to London from Richmond to Washington with dispatches and Washington to Richmond with information. Oh, you were a courier then? With the Secret Service Bureau of the Confederacy. I did anything I was ordered to for the rebel cause. Your disguises, McCarthy, are, I'm afraid, a little amateurish. The hair, you know... At least you've given up those hideous green spectacles. Now, I know your name isn't McCarty. Tell me the truth. My name is Surratt. Going to Rome was Father Boucher's idea. Are you the John Surratt they say killed the Secretary of State? If he's dead, it is not at my hand. You were not part of the Booth conspiracy? I suppose you could say that I was... But we conspired to kidnap the president, not to kill. It was madness, I agree. And many have suffered with their lives for it. That Mrs. Mary Surratt who has been arrested, was she related to you? My mother, Lord help us. I wish to heaven events had not proceeded as they did. My place was at her side, at least to defend her. But what can a man as innocent as I am do... Had I shown my face, I would have been hanged with the rest of them. Surratt, now that I know this... I don't think I should talk to you anymore. There's no need to. I've decided not to go on to Rome, but to get off here in Liverpool. I have friends here. And in London. Once in Liverpool... I went straight to the house of a Confederate sympathizer. He told me a price of $100,000 had been placed on my head. Dr. McMillan, who I never saw again till he spoke against me at the trial, went to the American consul and told him John Surratt was in his city. I thought I would go on to London, but wrote to Father Boucher and waited for his answer. Why aren't you in Rome yet, John? It's the only safe place for you. Please do not delay and get there as soon as you can. I didn't delay. I changed my name once more, this time to John Watson. In January of 65, I enlisted in the Papal Zouaves, sometimes called the Pope's own army. But I still jumped if someone stared at me. Headaches plagued me incessantly. I began to hear voices when I slept disturbing my bunkmates. Uh-huh, John. It's that Watson go. again. Go away, John. No, oh, John. John Wilkes, don't. Booth, go away. You're dead, Booth. Watson, hey, you wake up. Uh, wake up, will ya? What is it? I, I I didn't do it. I didn't do it. You're having another of those nightmares. Oh, thanks. Thanks for waking me up. Every night, morning, talking to yourself. You always say one thing. I didn't do it. What did you do? Kill somebody? No. No, no, I didn't. I I couldn't do that. I'm I'm sorry. I, I try to be quiet. And so I would try to close my eyes to sleep. But John Wilkes Booth was always there. I struck boldly for our country. At the theater that night,
0: I walked with firm steps through a thousand of his friends. In the box, a colonel was at his side. I shouted, Six Simper Tyrannus!
1: And then I fired. In jumping away, I broke my leg. I passed all the pickets, rode 60 miles that night with the bone of my leg tearing the flesh at every jump. No. No. John Wilkes. No. You've suffered enough. I can never repent it. Though we hated to kill, our country owes all our troubles to him. God simply made me the instrument of his punishment. God made Booth the instrument of punishment. He said that to me over and over again. I knew that he felt deeply that the country was not what it had been or should be. He hated the forced union between North and South. I I stopped worrying about being John Watson or being found out. Then one day, a young man stepped out of the barracks and walked up to me. My old friend. We meet again. What a small world it is. I don't believe I've had the pleasure... Well, then you don't know me? <laughs> well, uh, uh, what, what's your name, sir? John Watson. Watson. Oh, good name. I'm a Canadian uh, volunteer in the third company of the Papal Zouave. Are you now? Well, how do you like your Zouave uniform? Red fares, baggy trousers, leggings? <laughs> and uh, your name is Watson now, is it? I don't know what you're getting at, but my name has always been Watson. Isn't that strange? I would have taken you for another man, one called... (laughs) But then you know who you are. If you're done with your little inquisition, I'll be on my way. Uh, I'm on duty in a quarter of an hour, and I must get back to my post. Uh, Certainly, John Harrison, you trot along. What did you call me? What I have always called you, John Harrison... John Harrison Surratt. Oh, you look surprised. Well, look at my face closely and think back to when we first met. Have I changed that much? I'm very sorry, but you have the advantage over me. Yes, I do. In more ways than one. Oh, I shan't keep you in suspense any longer. I am Henri Beaumont de Saint-Marie. Good Friday, April 3rd, how many years ago? In the town of Little Texas, Maryland, our first meeting, you gave a speech in my school. How strange life is, how very strange. I didn't recognize you, Henri. We're a long way from home now, sunny Italy. What is it you want from me? I'm going to my captain and tell him who you are where you escaped from, and why. Why do that? Because I'm a patriotic Canadian. You're not even an American. So how does the death of an American president concern you? I quote from your lecture to my class, John Donne. No man is an island unto himself. Remember? Any man's death diminishes me because I'm involved in mankind. Therefore, never send to know for whom the bell tolls. It tolls for thee. <laughs> don't you believe that anymore, John? The death of your president tolls for Frenchmen, for Germans, Italians. It tolls for Canadians. I haven't really time to listen. And if they don't arrest you, you'll see more of me. I've been following you, John, through Canada... Liverpool, London? I was close in London. Rome, and finally here it says. Did the government send you? I sent myself. I sold my farm to find the last man of the conspiracy who roams the world free. You followed me as a private citizen. I'm innocent. Well, then why are you running and hiding if you are innocent? You took it into your head that I was an accomplice to murder. I wasn't even in Washington when Booth fired that pistol. My only connection with that demented actor is when he asked my advice about kidnapping Lincoln. I told him it was impossible. Oh, you're a convincing speaker, John Surratt. You always were. Henri, I beg of you. Forget you ever saw me. I cannot do that. But you must. I've been on the run for months. I'm not well. Give me a chance to let this all cool off so I can go home and have my fair day in court. How long will that be? I've written to friends at home. They said stay away for at least two years, perhaps three. That's a long time for retribution to begin. I can put nothing. I never ran away from my friends who were imprisoned. I never turned away from my friends who were hanged. I never let my mother dangle from a rope, John. So you're going to betray me? I am not the betrayer. You are the one without conscience. Goodbye, John. Was I the one without a conscience? The thought haunted me as I lay down on my bunk that night and tried to sleep. Henri St. Marie was certainly going to inform against me. It was one of the worst nights I can remember. In my dreams, I again saw Booth alive. As he was. You see, my idea is simply to kidnap the man. Take him across the lines and hold him for a ransom. That ransom being... They should empty all their prisons of our soldiers. That way we could make up for our staggering losses. Surratt, that was my dream. But in the first days of April... Everything turned against my country, the South. And the Lord said to me, You must smite him down. He is responsible. And so God made me the instrument of his punishment.
0: God made me the instrument of his punishment. How often sinful. Have the Lord and the devil both been accused as instigators of crimes committed by the demented? As for John Surratt, did he, under the cloak they all wore, stab in the back? Was he a murderer, too? Or innocent? How can... Surratt is running from those who have put him on trial for complicity in Lincoln's murder. He is also running from himself. By this time, John Wilkes Booth has died of wounds suffered during his capture in a farmhouse. But in John Surratt's mind, Booth is still alive. Every night, night after night, Surratt's brain, as we say today, keeps playing the old tapes. Ah. Oh, let me alone. Let me alone. Let me alone. Please don't do it. Don't keep
1: saying it, John Brooks. Don't say it. It can be done. It can be. It's utterly impractical. Yeah. I know every inch of North Virginia and Southern Maryland. That's why I've come to you for assistance. That's why I tell you the idea is not feasible. You don't realize the danger. I don't consider that for a moment. Listen to me. Let's say we have our President Lincoln in a carriage and we're able to leave Washington. Uh, We have to drive over a hundred miles before we can cross the Potomac. All right. All right, let's say we've crossed it. Then we have to drive from one end of Midland, Virginia to to the other. It can be done. It will be. Don't you know that section is alive with Yankees? I do because i just come through there. But when do we reach safety? When we get across the Rappahannock. Only then. We must risk it. Give up the idea, John. Inside an hour, at the most two. From the time Mr. Lincoln is in our hands, the whole country will be up in arms. The President of the United States can't be spirited away like an ordinary citizen. Something must be
0: done to save the South from this tyrant, even if all of us have to die. Night
1: after night, this dream in all its variations would torment me, and then it struck me with horror. By dissuading Booth from abducting Lincoln, had I led him to murder? May turned into November. My days as a were peaceful. There was no word from Henri Saint-Marie. He never made good his threat. I began to sleep more quietly. From Mr. Watson. John Watson. Wake up, sir. Yeah. What? Uh, yes. I'm awake. What is it? Did I miss Revelli? Oh, you will dress immediately and come with me. What seems to be the trouble? John Harrison Surratt. You are under arrest. Company, halt. Oh. That is prisoner Surratt. You'll be locked in a cell in our monastery of Veroli until the United States of America is sending a warship to bring you back to America. Yes, Captain. Uh, Before I take you inside your cell, I shall show you the impossibility of escapement from this place. This monastery is built on the side of the uh, mountain over a precipice 100 feet high. Do you know how my identity came to your notice? A Canadian informed me. that I forget his last name. I know it. Could these leg irons be removed from my feet since I'm going to be locked up? What use are they? Who has the keys to the leg irons? Captain, I have them here. Unlock, please. the second night after my arrest a messenger arrived at Veroli directing the captain to have me sent to Rome under heavy guard immediately that meant if I was going to run for it it had to be now it was four in the morning when they came for me I made up my mind that this road did not lead to Rome prisoner put on your clothing And come with us. I dressed as slowly as I could, reviewing a plan I had been hatching since I first came to the monastery. You're very slow this morning, prisoner. Did you not tell me how eager you were to return to America? It is happening. Ready now? Yes, Captain. Then we march. Uh, this is a matter of much uh, speculation among the wars. Why would anyone in your country kill a president when your constitution permits you to vote him out of office? March through the courtyard. Keep on going. Hey, stop him! Stop the prisoners! Stop the prisoners! Stop No, no, no! Don't kill him! Don't kill him! What is he doing? Keep him from climbing the wall! He's going to be done. Stop! It's a hundred feet straight down. You'll be killed. I wasn't killed. I wasn't killed. But I came as close to death as I would ever wish to. I'd run quickly across the courtyard. I jumped on top of a wall, counting on the confusion that nobody would shoot me. If I could land some 35 feet below the wall, there was a four-foot ledge of bare rock. If I missed, I landed on it, my head striking the rock like a hammer. I was knocked senseless. Can you see him down there? I can't see anything, Captain. He's a hundred feet down. Everyone now, together, aim your rifles. He might be there. came to, made conscious by the sound and impact of bullets spattering around me. But I'd fallen too close to the cliff and I was out of their range. Pain in my head was intense. To escape, I had to crawl down the cliff and into the valley. It all seemed quiet down there, no alarm yet. I tried to move, but the pain took hold. I looked up into nothingness There was the anguished face of Wilkes Booth staring down at me. He was saying something as I lost consciousness. Come in, come in, John. You're not disturbing me. I want you to hear this. Listen to my Brutus. I could have had them weeping in the stalls. If there be any in this assembly who demand why Brutus rose against Caesar, this is my answer not that I loved Caesar less, but that I loved Rome more. Had you rather Caesar were living and die all slaves than that Caesar were dead and die all free men? Do you understand what I'm saying, John? Lincoln must die to free America and to heal North and South. Saturday shaken. I crawled away like a wounded animal. My head throbbing. My legs lame, but I knew I had to save myself. I reached a field and lay down in it drank some water from a rain barrel and found I could walk. Beyond the woods, I could see a small town. You don't have to point that gun at me. Can't you see I, I have my hands up? I'm an American. I deserted from the Papil Guardo. You understand? Uh, from up there. The monastery. I, I don't want to be a papal zwaver anymore. Who is it you have a gunpoint, guard? I ducked behind the trees and ran through the woods. The entire town came to life, everyone sounding the alarm. The gates were all closed and guarded... And then my leg buckled under me. The nearest building was a pig's die. On all fours, I dragged myself into it. It's somewhere in one of these buildings. Spread out, everyone. I'm going into the farm buildings. If you should see someone, call me. Don't shoot. Prisoner, Surat. You are surrounded Are you here in the pigsty? Yes, I am, Captain. I can't move. I can't run anymore. You are fortunate to be alive. Jumping over the wall like that into nothing. I've never seen such a thing. Why did you do it? I hoped I would find someone in the town who would be a friend to me. You have no friends here, Surat. You are a stranger. Now get up and see if you can walk. You have made enough trouble for me already. Save yourself and save your life. Save yourself? Both words still sounding in my head. I had to stop running. Stop being a man without friends. A man without a country. Two months later, I was brought to Washington. I remained in prison until my trial. It was a long trial, but the jury couldn't agree, and so I was let go. I'd run away for nothing. The years pass, but I'm never alone. He's still with me. Again and again, there's Booth. Crippled. Dying in Garrett's barn. What fools we both were, John. I hear you. I always will. I am hunted like a dog through swamps, woods. I am wet, cold, starving. Every man's hand against me. I am in despair is it so? I did what Brutus was honored for. God made me the instrument, and yet I am looked upon as a common criminal for striking down Lincoln, a greater tyrant than they ever knew. My action was purer than theirs. I struck for my country and that alone. Now I am abandoned. With the curse of Cain upon me.
0: The words Booth spoke were actually his own. Is it far-fetched to say, man carries within him the seeds of betrayal, shame, all evil, and all good as well. How guilty Surat was of conspiring with those who were punished with death and imprisonment, only he would know. Was he as innocent as he made out? The jury could not decide. Can you? I shall return shortly. Life has always seemed to us by definition contradictory. The dilemma of two different faces on the same coin. One man will think you are an angel, another regards you a devil. In the end, we realize that we see in others what we wish to see. Our cast included Tony Roberts, Bob Caliban, Robert Dryden, and Gordon Gould. The entire production was under the direction of Hyman Brown. And now, a preview of our next... Father, would you draw the curtains again so I can sleep? I can't tell you the worst part, so what's the use?
1: Rowena, don't shut me out.
0: I told you before what the voice said, but you chose not to repeat it.
1: Let me in, let me in.
0: Yes, don't you see what it means? That voice has something to do with Mother, my mother, something to do with the sudden way she died.
1: Rowena, how can you see that? There is no connection whatsoever. Oh,
0: isn't there? A voice cries out, and I hear it. I keep hearing it all through the night. It was intended for me to hear it. Begging Mother to be let in. It's the voice of my own soul, Father. Radio Mystery Theater was sponsored in part by White Westinghouse Appliance Company. This is Tommy Grimes, inviting you to return to our Mystery Theater for another adventure in the macabre. Until next time.